0: Welcome to Checks and Balances, I'm Michael Vincent, this is James Blair, and this week we have Amanda Donovan, Director at Haigline Lawyers, and heads up their family team to talk to us about the top five tips on dividing your property. The other way we describe Amanda
1: is, great to have on your side, terrifying if she's on the (laughs) other side. (laughs) Amanda, welcome back. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for Are that. you on our side Still, today? Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. on your side today. Nice, okay. Yeah, today. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna um, break the fourth wall. So, what was it, maybe like two months ago, mm. we had a relationship mm. on contracting out agreement, which was very, very interesting. And um, we asked lots of questions being like, well, what about this and that? Um, then we actually filmed this episode, but it poured with rain. And because we were in a, a building from 1914, Couldn't hear a damn thing on the audio. So Mm. we're back
2: again doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure if this one will be as good as the one we recorded last time. but We'll give it a go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: definitely. Um, So Amanda, we're gonna do a little update Mm. to start with. So so today is all about uh, divorces, you know? One and two is gonna end up in this situation. Here's what you need to know. But we're going to go back to the contracting out agreements to start with. You've got a little update for us.
2: Yeah, just briefly. Um, Since I was last here, there's been a Supreme Court decision, highest court in New Zealand, that has said that uh, we talked about before, if you um, have a family home of your own and you transfer it to a trust without entering into a contracting out agreement, then you might be uh, later that might get clawed back out of the trust because it's become the family home and you tipped it in there with an intent to defeat somebody else's rights to it. Um, And we were talking about de facto relationships and that's really where the parameters have been. And that's changed a little bit now because the Supreme Court said it was enough just to be dating someone who later became a de facto partner and then married. So, um it's just really flagging that those contracting out agreements are really important yeah. because you can do these things, but you do need to wrap around that. So everybody's really clear about it and save yourself a lot of hassle at the
0: end. Moral of the story, just stay single and not ready to mingle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what about,
1: what do you reckon, Amanda? on the Bumble profile? There's like T's and C's that you have to <laughs> yeah. to before you, you um, have the first date. Are there? No, I'm saying, could, what could if we you, could, you know, as a side business for you, like you know, if we do your financial plan quickly, oh, if yeah. we can get you a second business uh-huh. in the law tech space where we work with Bumble and get like,
2: FI transfer any property, yeah, to yeah, yeah, whilst I'm yeah. by you. swiping
0: right on this profile, you agree to these T's yeah. and C's, yeah, 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 and you better
1: believe Mike's never read the T's and C's once in his life, which I'm sure doesn't surprise <laughs> you. Um, okay, so that's,
0: I mean, the, that's other, the update. The other bit
1: with the update is. You know, defining the relationship. At what point are we mm. at what point are we dating, Mike?
0: this is this is a situation ship for you and I, James. I <laughs> you know that. Yeah, yeah. I know what dating's this is. the
1: easy part, right? Dating is usually you've got an idea because
2: you're sitting around going, Oh, do I pay for this? Do you pay for that? Once you're in a de facto relationship, you're living together, things become a bit more fluid. And mm. I think everybody's got a, a better idea once you've moved in that we're now more committed to a shared life together. But dating, you would think you could still do whatever you wanted with your property.
1: You would have thought so, yeah. but apparently not. No. Wow. Yeah.
0: Not mm.
2: without a contract down agreement. Yeah.
1: Though. Yeah. How do you feel about that, or do you, you don't have feelings about these things? I don't it just have says feelings. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> can we, Ravi? Can we clip that Amanda saying a Batman? Thank you. All right. So today is top five tips on dividing your property without costing yourself a fortune. I don't mm. know if the last bit works, yeah. the costing you a fortune but No, there's tips on there on that. <laughs> um, what's tip number one? Well,
2: first I'd like to say that not everybody needs a lawyer mm. to divide their property. So, you know, there's loads of people out there that a relationship ends and it's de facto relationships or marriages um, and they can, they're amicable enough that they can organise themselves to sell their property and divide their assets equally. Um, but once you st- start getting into situations where there's children and um somebody's been out of the workforce there are some discretionary factors that do come in that probably both parties do need independent legal advice for so my first tip
1: before you jump into the first tip that some situations not needing a lawyer Mm. I mean I'm sure you've had this as well people starting with the I'm not going to have a lawyer and then we're like "Hmm," and they're like we're going to work it out between them and then a month goes by and then it goes south really quick does that Does it happen? Yeah. I mean, I guess they never get to you, but it mustn't happen very often.
2: I, I think probably some of those do happen, but you know, if you're a couple in your twenties that have a house together mm. and maybe a couple of cars and some kiwi saver, usually what those people are doing, is you're entitled to divvy all of that up, you know, your KiwiSaver, your bank accounts, et cetera, if you've been in a de facto relationship for more than three years. Mm. But sometimes what they do is they divvy up the house proceeds between them and they each keep what they've mm. got. So that's what I think sort of colloquially is happening right. out there from time to time, not realising that the KiwiSaver as well should have been divvied up and the bank accounts should have been divvied up as yeah. well. Mm. So there, there is a bit of that going on. Okay, but. cool. Tip number one? Um, probably get a specialist lawyer. I think it's like anything. You know, if you want to have a tooth extracted, you probably wouldn't go and see your mate about it, even though they have you know, they, they do some tooth work, teeth work. You know, yep. go and see somebody because um, you can spend a lot of time arguing about the case law. Like I was saying that cases just changed, just updated. Um, it's, you cut through it very quickly. And I always say, if I know who the lawyer is on the other side and I know that they specialise in this, we get to where we need to go super fast mm. because everybody knows the parameters of which you're diving up this property. So yeah, if both sides can have somebody that specializes in the field, it often makes it cheaper, not more expensive. Yeah,
0: and when someone's looking for a lawyer, what would you say are some of the key things they should be looking for to try and get the right fit?
2: Mm-hmm. Most people ask for a referral from someone they know. Yeah, So it's a really personal experience mm. because um, often there's some emotional element that's attached to the reason for the separation and they want to, to go with somebody that somebody else has already had an experience with. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I've, in 24 years I don't think I've ever advertised At all. So it really comes down to um, a referral base. And that's, you know, people that are more senior as well. So I'll do internal things like present for the New Zealand Law Society Mm. and things like that. And those lawyers, not all of them are specialists. So they'll have a client come into their high street business and say, Oh, look, I don't do this. I think you need to go and see someone else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you go in, well, my uncle Bob is a criminal lawyer or he's a property lawyer and I trust him, you know you're just not going to be up to speed with with what's happening, right? And it's, no. the, it's actually very similar with finances, right? Just because you trust somebody from a relationship perspective does not mean that you should be trusting them with what is probably not one of the biggest emotional decisions, but financial decisions, right? If you get this wrong, you mm. can't go back and do it a second time, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, that's right. But probably Uncle Bob, who's a criminal lawyer, is specialized enough to know, ah, I'll send you to someone who I know. Yep. So if you trust Uncle Bob and Uncle Bob trusts me, I'll end up with that client. Cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he needs to update his um, liability or PI cover because there's probably a lawsuit coming after it. Yeah. yeah. There was a, a yeah. case in
2: the Herald about that yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> That's another story. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, point
1: number two.
2: Um, be organized, I suppose, would be the the biggest thing with respect to that because um, if you have a house, a car, a boat, and a badge, you know, then there's paperwork that's associated with that and every time you see your lawyer if they ask you for all the things get all the things Mm. and get it to them straight away because um, they need to start working through that in an ordered way Um, and they charge by the hour so if you can be um consolidate a lot of that paperwork for them and there is a lot of paperwork then that'll help you save costs
0: yeah. Label the PDFs. You know, just as a friendly person who receives a lot of PDFs and they are just jumbles of numbers, it takes time to uh, to go through them all, index them, and label them. But and Mike, a, an
1: index. I love a good yeah. index. Yeah. yeah. But Mike, how did you not know that 127593334 was my last three months of uh, income?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. I mean, being, being organized is just, you yeah. know, elements of your life being i mean if you're listening to checks and balances right you're trying to be better be organized
0: but if it's i mean to a degree there's a if it's a negotiation and you're dropping something on your lawyer at the last minute and a, and a whole lot of unjumbled unlabeled unindexed things like you know your lawyer is like gonna be like well if i'd had this five days ago i could have gone through all this with a fine-tooth comb and now we're going to go into a negotiation in like two hours and i don't like like you know you got to be prepared for this. Sure. Yeah.
2: And, w- and we'll we would always brief you. So the basic processes under the Property Relationships Act is identify all your assets and liabilities. Mm. Like, what have you got? You know, so you can do that however you like, on a piece of paper, on an Excel, yep. ideal, ideal. Good Excel. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> identify all those assets and liabilities. You know what they are. Um, and then we're going to classify them. Are they relationship properties, something you're going to divide by two? Or are they separate properties, something you're going to keep separate? Yep. Then we're going to value them, and then we're going to divide them. Four basic steps. And if we can get all the identification stuff out of um, you early on, that helps. And people always say to me, why does a divorce or a separation cost so much? Why does it cost so much? It's because something falls down in one of those four stages. Mm -hmm. So identification might be one. I've just had a case recently where um, the – Female woman was saying to me, There is property in Indonesia. I know there's property in Indonesia because we get an income out of that. And that income is, um, you know, 200, 250,000. And he's like, There's no property in Indonesia. <laughs> it's just money. Right. So that's an identification issue, right? Yeah. We're all of a sudden having to work harder to find where that is. Um, and a classification issue might be that somebody says to me, Oh, look, I've got, um, We've got this, these assets, these shares over here, and um, they're worth a couple of hundred thousand. And we say, okay, they were acquired during the relationship; they're likely to be relationship property. And then the wife says, no, no, they're not relationship property because all of that money came from an inheritance. Yeah, and there's special rules around really? that. So then you're that's an, uh, an example of a classification issue that you might then argue about. Actually, that inheritance came into our joint bank account and mm. all the intermingled there yeah. and then it went out again. You can't really deal with that. Um, valuation straightforward. Yeah. And I remember um, you know, I've had cases, one of the funniest ones was they had um, horses, loads of horses, race horses, some in syndicates, some not. And every time these horses ran a race, they go up and down in value. Uh-huh. So constantly arguing about the value. It's like, let's just wait till the end and see if it, you <laughs> yeah. know? let's wait till we get closer to that sure. um, data hearing. And then dividing. The starting point for a division is 50-50. Yeah. And you know, I always say, think about that when you think about these contracting out agreements, right? You need to spend a little bit of money to work out what your 50-50 looks like, or is it 60-40 or is it something else altogether? Because that's your starting point. And if you're in a few relationships where you separate, 50 becomes 25%. Well, you're mm. the checks and balances guys, right? 50 <laughs> becomes 25, you know, it starts diluting a little bit. So half is better like, than a quarter. <laughs> unless you do it a few times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, can I ask the question of you mentioned like this, if the starting point is 50 50, mm-hmm. at what points does it start to skew to? 60,
2: 40 or 70, 30. Yeah, sure. So i remember I'm only talking today about relationship property, what you own in your personal names and mm. leaving aside the complicated stuff such as trust assets and things like that, which people do consider to mm. be their own, but are a different category. Um so you start with an equal division and for, for easy math, and I'll use the two of you, so you've got a million dollars equity.
0: Oh, um, I'd love a million dollars equity, Amanda. <laughs> you start. had it. Yeah, you yeah it. I had it. I lost
2: it, yeah. <laughs> um, million dollars equity, um, you can have 500000 you can have 500000 but you've been staying at home for the last five years bringing up the children, which is great. You've got very well-balanced, lovely children. They sleep well. So and you've been out <laughs> working, unencumbered career. You were both in the financial advice world before you started, but now your salaries $250,000, 300000 and you would be lucky to get a role right now because you've been out of it for so long. So that's your starting point where you take your 500000 down to the bank and you say to the bank manager, mm, can I have a loan place? I'm going to have to buy a new house. I'm dividing everything by two. And you go, great, healthy deposit, good serviceability, you're in. You take yours down, they're like, healthy deposit, no serviceability, sorry, can't help wow. you. So that is an economic disparity mm. that's formed during your relationship because of the division of functions. Your function was this, you chose that, your function was that, you chose that. Mm. So then we'd have a look at it and we run it through some formulas and we'd say, well, take a bit of your 500000 thank you very much, to compensate you and give it to you. So now you might have a 55, 45 or something like that. Yeah. Still so can't get a loan, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the still tough can't get part, another right? girlfriend, James. Yeah. No, but I gave you the best years of my life, Michael.
0: The kids hate you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Where have you been? <laughs> um,
2: that is called economic disparity.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah. And is there a cause a, like a lot of what you're explaining was, you know, how do you quantify. Mm-hmm. Mike being at home and not being able to, and what percentage of the asset base, is there some sort of like um, agreed calculation by lawyers or is it all case by case and kind of very, you argue a point of what the split should be?
2: Um, yeah, so this is probably one of the areas where does, does hike prices up for, for divorce? Because um, even though it's been to the highest court in New Zealand for them to make a decision about this, um, there were five uh, judges there and none of them could really agree. So we have some idea, but we don't have an exact formula for what that should look like, um, what that percentage should look like or the number should look like. But we do have – we usually get accountants or um, to assist with the formulas. They plug in your salary and your salary and extrapolate it over a period of time mm. and it pops out a, a – a number that's been discounted for a raft of reasons yeah. and we work off that number. But even when you start with that number, that's when all the lawyers start arguing about yeah. whether it should be lower mm. or higher. Cool. Yeah.
1: Okay. And whose who's side are you on in this? I feel like this my this side deal? at this
0: point.
2: <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So um, we've got point one, get a specialist lawyer, mm-hmm. stay away from uncle Bob. The second is being organized. Mm. What's point number three?
2: Probably I think it's, um, and this is more to come back to the emotional side of things, is if you don't know, um, having a lawyer who has some EQ to try and work out where everyone is on the grief cycle Mm. is quite helpful because if you have somebody who had been thinking for years, look, I'm going to be leaving this relationship, was just getting it in their head, by the time they tell you, You might just be starting. So sometimes you're you're trying to negotiate somebody who's completely reconciled in their mind that this relationship is at an end and it's time to move on with somebody who's just hearing about it. And so I'm trying to negotiate with angry and trying to negotiate with angry is expensive, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I can
0: change.
1: (laughs)
2: Look,
0: mate, I'm sorry to do this to you by text, but Ravi and I are living (laughs) together now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You found out about Ravi's trust in your office.
2: <laughs> so that, that's probably just a good lawyer who understands strategy and um, sometimes what I'll say early on where it feels like, you know, you're just doing this and no one's getting anywhere, as I might suggest, and you can suggest this to your lawyer, could we have a roundtable meeting? So just all oh, the, the, the two lawyers and the parties come together because if you can eyeball the wife or the husband on the other side and start to get a feel about, where it is that they're upset in this process, then quickly you can get to the point again. So that's just mm. again a cost-effective way to say, let's see if we can come together and work out. You know, sometimes the issue is not the issue, right?
0: Yeah, and negotiating with angry is a really good term there, right? Because it's if you're negotiating with pure emotion uh, and a bit of rage on the other side, uh, you know, very difficult to get a or, you know an equitable answer out of them or something that kind of seems a little bit reasonable.
2: That's right. So if someone's emotional and you're being logical, Mm. those two don't work in a negotiation strategy. You have to wait for emotional to come to logical as well so you can negotiate together.
1: Mm -hmm. And how often does logical and emotional kind of, how often is that a conversation to understand versus time and just going, you're not in the right headspace to have this? Like, do do you kick it out sometimes and go, we can't do this right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's necessary. And I I have a case just this week where it was just like this and I rang the lawyer. That's another technique, you know, invite your lawyer to call the other lawyer and have a conversation about where things are at. And she was like, it's not fair that he thinks it's not fair that she's, they didn't ever get around to signing their contracting out agreement. That's an important point. So he thinks it's not fair that she gets an equal division because he put in more of the equity at the start and and she totally understands that. Uh, And I said to the lawyer on the other side, well, the thing that's holding her back is that uh, she was supposed to be getting married and he cheated on her and uh, the wedding got called off three weeks before the wedding. And she oh. went, Oh, so.
1: Oh, so the other lawyer didn't have that. She had influence. no idea. Ah, right. Yeah.
2: She had no idea. So once you've both got an understanding about where things are at, that would be a time thing. But mm. also, you know, she's got the law behind her. So if she wants to head down that equal division, right. Uh, uh, She's entitled to do that. But it's those sorts of things that, mm, that we see. Yeah. At.
1: Does that happen very often where a relationship agreement gets drafted and doesn't get signed?
2: Not at my office. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, no, there are things, well, there are cases where they don't, and sometimes it's because they, I mean, you're both required to have independent legal advice, right? Mm -hmm. So it might be that the independent legal advice that you're getting is don't sign it. Mm. It's not fair for you. So if that's the advice that you're getting and that might be quite right, Mm. that it seems that it'll be, um, it's too skewed one way, then um, the options are either don't sign it or break up.
0: I mean, it's yep. <laughs> a fork the, in the passion situation. Yeah, it is, passion it is. Killer, we right? it,
2: we've always called it the passion killer because uh, it, that's what clients are asking. Well, yeah. what, do we, what do we do if we don't sign? We either yeah. stay together and understand this is the outcome or you don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's always a tricky thing to introduce into as a conversation and a relationship as well. But we've talked about this before. I feel like these are getting more and more normalized uh, yeah. in relationships, especially now that, You know, houses are quite, you know, your first house is reasonably pretty difficult to get compared Mm. to what it used to be and everything's a lot more expensive and people just understand that, yeah, look, if we all hope that this works out. Yeah. But if it doesn't, let's just be sensible about it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you don't trust me, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay.
2: I just did a, I did it not just one of my, roadshow seminar papers I've done is that, don't you, it was on trust, don't you trust me, darling. Oh,
1: yeah. I love might, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Play on words. Nice. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. See, see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, next tip, Amanda.
2: Well, probably to consider mediation and consider it early on. So, um, the good thing about mediation, is if you come to a bit of a loggerhead is that you've got a third party who's an expert who'll work with both sides to really help you get to the point that you need to get to. Yeah. And, um, You don't have to do that in the same room. Often people start in the same room then you can break off into separate rooms and the mediator will go between you both and just keep trying to flesh it out until you get to where you need to go to. It's less expensive than court, mm. and it's quicker. So if you're looking to, if you have to file court proceedings, then sometimes to get to a hearing that can take years. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a nice quick way to try and get there before that. Sometimes strategically you have to file court proceedings first to show everyone you're serious about what's going on. Yeah. But that doesn't always mean that you get to a final hearing before a judge. Most people will hit mediation quite early on once all the information is disclosed between them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and cool. I guess if you're if you're going to court, that means someone's going to be getting cross-examined or examined, which means James, you might have to be on the stand for like four hours straight, and I know you crumble after hour two. Psh,
1: mate, you can't even remember what you had for breakfast this morning. It's gonna be <laughs> easy for me.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, what just like very high level in your experience, what percentage of cases end up going to court opposed to getting sorted beforehand?
2: Um, Probably more settle out of court. Mm. Um, It's probably a small percentage that go to court um, and go all the way through to a defendant hearing, especially with respect to relationship property. It's usually that those matters can be settled. As I say, your starting point's equal division. And then there's only a few areas that have levers with respect to discretionary aspects. So Mm. it's either those discretionary aspects or it's something that – you know, there's numerous reasons as to why, but most matters would settle
1: out of court. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, you spoke about some areas where it can change the percentage from 50-50. What are some areas with clients where they say, you know, I should get more because of X, but actually doesn't matter?
2: Um, okay. What about a scenario where there's a family home and um, what you bought together? And there's a mortgage, it's a million bucks, but you've just received an inheritance and you're like, let's get rid of the mortgage. Mm. So you dump your inheritance money, 500,000, significant, onto the mortgage. You're like, yes, lower repayments, awesome, we're doing well. And then you separate. Yeah. Straight so,
1: after you put the money in,
2: gotcha. <laughs> if it was straight after, I'd make some arguments. But it's really. <laughs> oh, she's on my side, <laughs> James. <laughs> um,
1: what happened to Sweden? <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, the problem with this is, is that the inheritance would have been your separate property. Yeah. If you had put it in a bank account over here in your name and left it over there and did nothing with it. It's fine. But because you've tipped it into the family home as such, the family home has special rules around it and it's always going to be an equal division once you've been living together for more than three years, so that qualifying relationship. Mm -hmm. So that money has gone. Mm. And often you'll end up in a mediation because somebody knows that if you go to court about that, well, that's just the law. You're out. But if you go to mediation, you might be able to pull that back a bit to say, well, this is entirely unjust, that was the last of my parents. It's not the fruits of our relationship. Yeah. You know, yeah. let me get some of that back and we'll settle.
1: Sorry, I get half of Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something way weirder. <laughs> uh, okay, Amanda, what's the what's the next tip you have?
2: Um, probably look at the big picture as well. Um, people can get really into the minutiae, you know, arguing about chattels. I mean, don't get me wrong, some chattels are, are worth arguing about, but um, if you're arguing about who gets the fridge and the washing machine and the dishwasher, Remember, your lawyers are $500 plus an hour. Mm. Perhaps see if you can work those things out, do a pick by pick. You know, you choose one, then you choose one, then oh. you choose one, you choose one, you choose one. And you might choose, you know, the picture on the wall because it might not have a high value, but it's important to you. Yeah. And you might choose one of the bottles of wine in the wine collection, yeah. you know. And I just say to people, do it that way. Keep your lawyers out of it. That just gets too expensive if you're sending us your chattels list about what you want to go through. Different because some other things that are fun chattels, so cars are, are chattels, yeah. vehicles, and so are pets. So um, what? I've got a pick by pick on pets at the moment going on. So that's Is this the horse that's, collection. Or
0: no, I reckon dogs. you should pick the dishwasher first because now I'm not here to wash them because I've walked out the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave
1: you the best years of my. <laughs> so a dog's a dog's considered the same as a dishwasher. No,
2: dogs are not considered <laughs> the same as a dishwasher.
0: James. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they
0: are chattels. Okay. okay. Pets are chattels. Yeah. yeah. Well, clearly you don't know how to wash dishes. You just <laughs> pointed that out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you, like in terms of the you pick, I pick? what if I turn around and go, well, you've picked a more valuable asset? Doesn't
2: matter. That's where the pick by pick comes in, right? You can okay. pick whatever you want first. It could be something that's more valuable dollar wise, yeah. or it could be something that's more valuable to you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: All right, no, that's good. You can. Are you taking Harry the pug, or am I taking Harry the pug?
0: Mate, you can. Get, you're going to need Harry the pug so to lean on emotionally. So you can take Harry. <laughs> okay,
1: ready? You. Uh, Amanda, any other tips before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah, probably. Um, just the last thing would be is that if your if your family home's owned by you personally, no problem. But if you have it uh, owned by a trust or mm-hmm. any other assets are owned by a trust, make sure that you get the independent trustee on board early because um, they are also an owner and part of the division and quite often people deal with all the assets and then involve the independent trustee who might actually have something to say about things so yeah. you just get them involved.
0: If the independent trustee because sometimes people will put like a uh, relative mm-hmm. on as a trustee can that have any type of sway in what's going on here?
2: It depends on what the trust deed says, but if yeah. it's a unanimous decision, yeah. um, which most of them are, then all three will need to be agreeing on the process and what's wow. happening. And if you're going to a mediation, for example, you want to be sure when you're in the mediation that all the people who are able to make decisions about the property are there to make yeah. the decisions about the property.
1: Yeah.
0: Crazy. Mm.
1: Yep. Amanda, I always enjoy uh, listening to these conversations. <laughs> I, I mean, I took away three, uh, out of all your tips, I took away three really um, big points for me. The first one is that It's a very complicated space. And every time I hear you talk, I'm just like, I knew I knew nothing, but I knew less than even I I knew I knew. Um, Managing the emotion Mm. is obviously a really, really, really tricky one. And do as much of the heavy lifting as you can. So while we want to keep lawyers in the lifestyle to which they are accustomed to, uh, the more that we can sort it out ourselves, the less our bill will be at the end. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And if you... (laughs) Thinking about leaving your partner, <laughs> Matthew <Amanda laughs> is a great person to talk to. Um, in all seriousness, um, the team at uh, Hake Lion, all of your uh, legal issues can be uh, resolved. Really good team. A lot of our clients work with them. Yeah. Uh, please give us a subscribe, review, and a like. Look after your partners much easier than getting 100%. divorced. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next time.
0: Cheers.